the world and the cosmos in general, but the, this world is like one organism. We're all part of that one organism. And the more we damage the world, damage each other, it's going to react. You know, it, it, it's, it's, like, it's like a reaction. Think of our own body. If one part of the body is damaged, then other, the blood is diverted, other things happen, there's infection, there's this, there's that. So many things happen. You know, and then there's attempt to reset the body, to fix the damage. So, the more we damage the earth, the more we damage each other, the more we hurt each other, there is a reaction that happens as a result of that. And then that reaction is an attempt to re-establish a certain balance again. Now, the, now there's more to it than that, obviously, but this is part of it. You know, one may ask, why does even disease exist or why do, do all these things exist? They exist because we are in part of this nature. Nature is all of this, you know, survival game, basically. And right. we're in it and we have a bigger brain and we have our cultures and traditions and these things that have, that have allowed us to come to this state. But at the same time, the world is overpopulated. The value of life in many third world countries is almost zero. What is the value of these children yeah, being born? That, that is amazing. You know, I just cannot even imagine that people who know somebody or who has money are able to buy oxygen, but there are so many people who cannot afford it, they are dying without it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, so all of this thing, all of this, yeah, all, all of this is, it, it just goes to show how much further humanity has to develop as a race. And that's the bigger picture, that what can we do individually, maybe as a family, that's, you know, we do our part. But at the same time, this world has been going through these same kinds of problems, plague and bubonic plagues and all kinds of diseases. And I mean, you just name it, it's, it's all been there. And so many people had to work hard to find the right causes and the and many so many people died because of it i mean if you look at the number of people that have died due to diseases and distress and all that it's astounding but in a broader sense everybody has to go i mean there's no way as far as we know to make this body live indefinitely no no i mean we, if you're born you have to die That's it's just a question of how and when there's only two questions it's going to happen sooner or later. How is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? And when these problems like this COVID and all this happens, people tend to be more alert about that. But the fact of the matter is people are dying all the time. People are dying every second from all kinds of problems and diseases and we don't give it a second thought. People, are, people have been dying from infections for, from so many other infections also. Right. You know, so, so this is not, but yes, there is this new virus that's there and and it's affecting a certain number of people and, and all of that. And we're doing what we can, there's vaccines and research and all that stuff is there. So, but, but, it's, but in a broader sense, there are God knows how many diseases, how many problems that people die from all the time. You know, so what is the bigger picture here? That several things. One is that the Atma is real. This is to be realized and it's stuck in this, all this pain. 
this sansara, the Bhagavad Gita's teaching is very clear in so many places where it says, go beyond the sansara. Cut the sansara's attachment out of the mind, but live in it, do your duty, but don't be stuck here. This is the basic idea. Not to be stuck here. Because Atma doesn't belong to anybody except God. You know, the, the other things that are there, they, they come and go, the bodies come and go, everything comes and goes. But the actual Atma is it's a realization. You cannot destroy it. Yeah. You cannot and destroy the it. Is, yeah, the biggest challenge is, you know, how many people think it are thinking that way, right? When they are struggling with their family members, yeah. like through their mom or their dad, yes. you know, very close to them. Struggling. Exactly. Not thinking about you know, no, of course not. Of course not. Hardly anybody does because everybody is caught within just the mental reaction. I mean, and that's also within, like, their body, their body. But best thing to do when somebody is suffering is to do a lot of prarthana, study the scriptures, gain higher vision, take the practical steps that are needed to help that person, and not get overwhelmed and drain your own energy. I, I just don't understand how is crying and, 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 and getting upset and getting angry and, and blaming God or blaming this person or that person. How does that help you? How does a person, how, how does that help the individual who's doing that? That doesn't do anything to the, that actually makes the problem worse actually. It creates... Yeah, an, that's what I said. I didn't say, uh, all I said was you have to, you cannot um, hurt your soul and by crying and being more upset because then you cannot get better clothes. You cannot. You keep your energy intact. Yes. Just pray and, you know, if it's uh, your mom is going to get better, if this is just a temporary situation, that's what I said. But, you know, I cannot even talk to her about Atman or anything. No, no. Because no, because, see, the, the thing is when people are caught in these reactions, that they are just stuck in those reactions. Now, now all you can do is let them go through the reaction, whatever may come out of it. You say, I'll pray for you, I'll do my sadhana, because you cannot, they're not in that frame of mind to understand yeah, anything spiritual. And we shouldn't try to explain that also at that time. That's not the right time. You know, they have to be steady and silent enough to understand those things. And then, and then it's its own evolution where that, where that happens. But yeah, when there is people, when people are dying, it's painful, there's, a lot of tragedy, a lot of difficulty. I mean, one of the best things you do, do Namah Shivaya Mantra. Mantra Sadhana, Namah Shivaya Mantra is very good. You know, so even if you don't know any other mantra, this mantra is fine. It's enough. And, and that will help the person chanting it. It will bring stability. It will bring wisdom. It brings everything a person needs. And let this, let this process go on. You know, whatever the so number of people have died so far from COVID... I mean, they have, they're gone and, and, and the, it will stabilize in time once the infection is under control. But at the same time, you know, it, it's, a, it's a difficult problem. I mean, with a country that has so much population, social distancing and, and running the economy and all this is very difficult to do. So, and the other thing is, yeah, and, um, you know, they had the Kumbh Mela also with so many millions of people yes. all together. Exactly. I mean, you're just asking for trouble when, when there's so many massive number of people gathering together all the time. I tell you, you know, so 
so so all we can do is do the best we can to take care of the body and the mind and our life that we have and things that we cannot control we cannot control there's nothing we can do about it you know there's that that serenity prayer i think you may have heard that god grant me the serenity to accept the things i can change and 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 and, and to accept also the things i cannot change and i need to have the wisdom to know the difference between the two i can change certain things but i don't have cannot change so many things you know and there's a bigger picture there's a bigger process going on which we don't understand which we not never understand from from our intellect intellect as it is so we have to just do our part and try to evolve from within and particularly when there are these kinds of problems that occur that's a great opportunity to actually evolve further it's a realization that temp- life is temporary number 1 number 2 to drop all the foolish and petty arguments and problems in life number 2 number 3 try to gain spiritual wisdom number 4 keep the mind steady and very very healthy and integrated and then take the practical steps to prevent infections and di- injuries and difficulties and all that you know you got to do that. that's that's the world we live in and, and if we don't do that if we don't do do all of these things then then that all that will happen will keep getting overwhelmed and which has become the cause of our own deterioration that's all so i have a question i'm yes. thinking about this yes um all this stuff happens right is it anything to do with karma yes from a from a yes so there is that that each jiva each jivatma has to fulfill certain karma So you know from in a broader sense yes that there is a karmic effect that one could look at it this way that whatever accumulated karma is there and the pain and suffering that may have been experienced for many many more lives is cut in one life you know so there's examples of this also in the in the spiritual texts this idea is shown that I'll put it to you this way in the gujarati language there is something called kasar k a s a r kasar means deficiency so what kasar to say deficiency. deficiency so the deficiencies we have the karmic deficiencies and problems they can be removed by bhakti by gyan by tapasya by vairagya you know by study so, so you're using that energy to burn the karma away through the different yogas and all bhakti yoga gnana yoga sankhya yoga and then those who are devotees of god or those who are those who who have been on a path of spirituality or however it may may have happened when the diseases come at the end they actually burn away a lot of the accumulated karma so that so so that is possible also sometimes you know like uh, I, i don't know if you're aware but in the history of india these rishis who did a lot of tapasya lot of uh, penance and sometimes they will you know give a shrap or they'll give like some kind of a curse or something like that and then all kinds of things happen but actually there's blessings in that it seems like there is this anger or this that but but it's a it's for actually for the everybody's benefit that that happens you know and um it's it's really 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 interesting uh to even think about that but the simple answer to your question is yes there's a karmic effect that is being burned away but there there's also the possibility 
uh, and I've mentioned this to uh, Chetna just the other day, that there are great souls in this world. And if those great souls, they're called Mahajan. You know, Mahajans are the great Mahanatmas. And, and if they have been hurt or injured or bad things done to them or whatever, you know, they don't have anything negative in them. They just forgive everyone. They, that's, they just have their attention on God. But that, that kind of an activity impacts the whole sansar. Okay. You know, so that's another thing to really be very careful about. That, you know, in life, not to take negativity, not to bring negative thinking about anybody, first of all. Right, exactly. But that's the best thing. And then, especially the Mahajans, the, those who are great souls, and people have tried to do so things why to... Would somebody would be negative to a Mahajan? They haven't done anything. No, because that's the whole point. There are negative things that happen because the Mahajans, they're, they're trying to do good things in society. They're trying, they, you know, but then there's also negative forces trying to prevent that. You know, so, there's, okay. so, so, they have, so there's all kinds of stuff. This happens in religious organizations. It happens in, in politics also. It happens in every area of life. You know, someone who is very genuine and is trying to do something, and then, and then there's all this attack that happens that impacts the whole world. Yeah, and, and there's a plenty... Yeah, it, it impacts the whole world. It, that's because because the world is actually supported by the Mahajans. That, that these are people who are so evolved. Their energy is keeping the world intact. Actually, you know, but, and, and if they were gone, everybody would deteriorate into chaos. So, so there's examples of it, and this is a very difficult thing to understand, just like that. But those individuals, even if it's a thousand people, five thousand people, whoever they are. They are doing for the betterment of the world. That power is sustaining the world and preventing it, preventing humanity from obliterating itself. Something new comes up every time when we talk about all these things, you know. But this is this is very true. Uh, so I'll give you a couple of couple of examples. There was a time. This is actually a uh, actual. Give me one second. Sure. I'm trying to cook because my mom is coming tomorrow. Okay, sure. So I'm trying to get things ready so that way I can cook and then spend time with her. That's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine. So, so I'll give you a couple of examples here. Yes. Um, the, there is an example of Shobri, Shobri Rishi. And there's a bunch of these. I'll give you just one right now. So he had done tremendous amount of tapasharia in the water. And they say, this is like in the Satyug time, some different time when lifespan was much longer. They say like this, for 60,000 years he was standing in the water. And at that time the lifespan was 100,000 years in Satyug. This is what they say. So he did a lot of tapasheri. It's a very interesting story. And he, even though after doing so much tapasheri, his desire for the worldly pleasures wasn't gone. It was still, so he was, his tremendous power had developed. And um, what had happened here was that, you know, he um, saw two fish 
mating in the ocean, in the sea or wherever he was. And so the thought came, oh, I have not experienced this pleasure. So he came out of the water, the tapasharya stopped, and he was an old, very you know, disheveled person, went to the king, and he said that I want to marry somebody, I want to marry one of your daughters or whatever, you know, like this. So he changed his form, he used some of his tapasharya to change the form of a very young, handsome person like this. You see? And the king saw all of this, and out of that the king could have refused in a very nice way you know but he just got angry and insulted the rishi you know said a nasty thing this is why see that we be careful how what we say to who he said something very very nasty to him what something like that happened and essentially you know he didn't get the he, the uh, the uh, girl was not going to be married and all that but see even the the reason for the rishi wanting that was actually to bring a great soul into the world because of his tapasharya. You know, so but the only way to do that is through the sexual act. So, but the, he was insulted and some problems. Of, the Rishi was not fully enlightened, but he's still a great soul, very high level soul, but not fully enlightened. Let's see what happens here. So he became, he said he, he, he used his tap, tapobar, tapasharya bar, and he said, in the entire sansar, everybody's ability to urinate and defecate be stopped. Think about this. Sorry, I didn't understand. That. Everybody's ability. I know you're, you're, uh, this thing is, you're, sometimes your voice is not very clear. Okay, so what he said is that I'm, I'm trying to see if I can join through the other computer. But he said that your, he said he he used that tapasharya, tapasharya, that power of tapasharya. Because when you do tapasharya, you get energy. It's a concentrated energy. So, he used half of his energy to change his form into that young man. Right. The other, right. other half was used because the kings had insulted him and all that. Because he was not fully enlightened, that other half of that energy, he gave a shrap like this. Shrap meaning cursing. Everybody in the sansar they will not be able to urinate or defecate. Okay. Think about that, the, 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 the normal bodily function stopped and it caused havoc. I mean, it was unbelievable. This is written, written in the Srimad Bhagavatam. So why did he give shock to the whole world? He could have because, he's not, because, because he's not enlightened. He just, that, that power is like that. That, that, that it expressed like that, you know, that because that's the intensity of tapasharya. That is why when somebody is doing spiritual sadhana and they are not fully evolved, they do not disturb the person and be very careful with what they're doing. Otherwise, if they get disturbed in that, they're not fully evolved, that energy can go in some other direction. It's like a nuclear weapon. That's what it's like. You know, if you have some crazy president who's got the nuclear uh, codes, and says out of just out of anger or whatever, out of go and launch these weapons, what will happen? Isn't it so? The same thing is true with spiritual power. So there's another situation like when the Mahabharat war ended, there was um, you know this Ashwatthama was one of the one of the persons you may remember. So yeah. he so he had actually. Uh, killed the children of the Pandavas except, except Parikshit. Parikshit was saved by Sri Krishna. 
So what had happened was that um, this Ashwatthama released a Brahmastra. Again, that is released by mantras. So he was very evolved, but not fully enlightened. He released a Brahmastra, that it, which can absolutely devastate the whole planet. Right. So Rishi Vedvas had to intervene to stop and the. He held his hand like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's he had to. There's a, they depicted that, but it's not like a physical thing. This is done through mantras, actually. Right. So, so, so then, because he said to you, to the, to the, um, um, Ashwatthama, you release this, but you don't know how to take it back. You see, this is yeah, a. So, so, so this at that time everything was done through mantra. You know, at, at that time. They show those arrows and all that, but it's not really arrows like that. They're like weapons that are that are that are available through mantras, basically. That's right. that. Uh, that's what it is. And so I have a question. Yeah. If somebody is not fully, say somebody has done a lot of tapasya, right? Yes. But they still have the desire of these of some desires about in this world. Yes. Why would they attend? The power. Oh, okay. Good question. So, any tapasya gives you power. Always. That's that's a that's a rule. That is a cosmic law. Any tapasya. In the Bhagavad Gita, there's also this description of those who are devotees of God who try to please God by tapasya, and those who are doing tapasya because they want only the power and the energy from that they're not devotees of god necessarily they you know so so there are people who do fast or yoga exercises or whatever and once you conserve energy it begins to grow it's so even even like the namashivai mantra and all those even the asuras were doing these mantras same mantras but they have asurbhav so bhagwan shiv you know the way his form is depicted anybody does tapashita he gives them the boon you know, he's not going to discriminate. If you do the certain tapasya, you're going to get certain what you're wanting to see happen. It will come to you. You have to stick to it. You know, so as a result of that, um, people would get all kinds of power. But this is the whole point that you get certain power, it has to be used for the benefit of the sansar. Yeah. And, and that is why Otherwise, it, otherwise, that same power can be used destructively, and the person falls back down to zero again. You know, so tapasya, as as a sadhana that is done to harness energy and to uplift oneself towards higher realization, beautiful. But along the way, there is a problem or disturbance or something goes wrong. That same energy can go in some other direction. And then it can either damage the person or damage somebody else or damage other people. It can do all of, all of those things. I mean, think of it this way. If you're climbing a mountain <laughs> and if you... Let's just use a ladder, for example. Let's say it's like a big, massive ladder. And if you're on the first rung and you kind of slip and fall, yeah, you possibly you might get hurt pretty badly, but probably not that much. If you're in the fifth rung or tenth rung, the higher you go and if you fall from there, the more damage there is. It's like that, you know. So those individuals who get caught in the worldly sansar as by falling back from their sadhana and get it, so they damage themselves. They may damage others too. 
it, and the damage is much worse. Just, it is, the more I'm learning about this, I'm just like overwhelmed. It's like unbelievable. That's what it is. And there's so much documentation of that. There's so much in every religious tradition and spiritual tradition and meditative tradition. This is all, this is all true. You know, so, so uh, there are so many stories and examples, but there's also our real life examples. And, and see, the, the point is, I mean, just take, for example, the, the president of any country. Take like the president of India or Pakistan or US or Canada, whatever. That person has tremendous amount of power that they have gained through, you know, through the, because of that position. They worked for it. They spent their whole life behind. Take Joe Biden, for example. He ran for president six times. He worked as, you know, he worked completely um, intensely in the government and knows it backwards and forward and was a senator for so many years and ran and ran and ran. Now he's in this position because of his tapas sharia. That's also tapas sharia. It's not, it is. You know, he, I don't know what your thought is. I mean, this was, it actually, he became the president at the correct time. Well, exactly. I mean, can you imagine Trump becoming president again? And all that? I mean, who knows what would have happened, you know, with all that, right. with all the hate groups and all that stuff. But, but whatever it was, the fact is that he's in this position from a karmic point of view. He put a lot of tap, tapobal in there and God has given him the fruit of his action. So he's enjoying the fruit right now. Right. So this is what the Gita says. He says, do not, he says, if you go behind the fruitive actions, you will get the fruits. Those who worship the various gods and other, other people may not worship even gods, but they're doing different things to, that will give, give them that position. You get that. But you if you... You ask God to give you position and power. You can. But, uh, Bhagavad Gita says you can. Bhagavad Gita says there's four kinds of devotees. There is the Gyani, which is the highest one. Then there is the Artho and Artharti. One who is wanting material things is also worshipping God. One who has lost material things and wants them back is worshipping God. You know? And then there is uh, Jignasu. The, the second one is Jignasu. One who is curious about what is the spirituality. So there is the Gnani, Jignasu, Artho and Artharti. These are four types of devotees even. You see? So it's a, it's a big subject. But the point is that when you when a person puts energy in any direction and conserves the energy that is tapasharya and that conserved energy is going to bear fruit based on one's desires so like if the desire is not completely purified if it's a mixed desire then the, then the fruit will also be mixed so so the is action reaction you put a you, Desire has to be pure desire. Yeah, but exactly. Well, it, well, the highest level of desire is only to want God, nothing else. Right. Exactly. But, but those who are in the process of reaching that, and energy is conserved, energy awakens, and they don't have the adequate purity of the mind, then that, then the ego can come inside and use that concentrated power in any way. Yeah, yeah. So and, and actually. My prayer is continuously to give me gas. It's, which is what you're getting. Which is exactly what you're getting. So you, you're getting that from all sources right now. You know, so, and then that gnana is going to release you, is going to take you further and further. You know, so, so there are plenty of people out there. In fact, even in India too, there are so many yogis and other people 
who are not really interested in God. They want to, they want Siddhi, you know, they want certain kind of spiritual, special powers they want. Mind reading and, and they can see the future and they want all those kinds of things, you see. Uh, but the true devotees of God don't ask for that. And yeah, if they if they yeah, get it, yeah. they don't use it also. It might, if it gets used by the will of God for some benefit or something, it's okay. Uh, it's, it, I mean, the way J. Krishnamurti explained it, it's like a special gift that you put away. You don't, you, you know, use that gift that way because you get caught up in that thing. It's a, it's it's something that is yeah. that has come, but you just leave it alone. You don't do anything to it. You know. Did you watch the movie? Um, what was it um, about this guy who wanted to be God? Um, it's an, I have to remember the name. Uh, Morgan. Uh, oh yes, yeah, uh, that uh, Morgan Friedman or something. The uh, uh, Morgan Friedman yeah, was yeah. God, and then he gave the power to this other guy, and then he <laughs> said. Oh, everybody's going to win the lottery. So then everybody was playing the lottery and they won. It was There was so much confusion. And so it's almost like if you don't know how to deal with the power, don't ask for something which you are not able to handle. See, what will happen is this, that anybody who does sadhana, for example, if you start doing Namashivai Mantra, let's say 11 r rounds every day, 1,008 times, and then you increase it to 21 rounds, 51 rounds, 108 rounds, and you continuously, slowly, slowly, slowly increase your internal wisdom and energy and power. But then at some point, some concentrated power comes about, you know? And, and, then, and, and then what happens when you detect something that is, that is wrong, you feel this is wrong, and you say that this thing should be destroyed this way. That happens like that. So, so for example, there's a incident in Ramayan. In Ramayan, there is, um, I guess it was Augusta Rishi. I forgot the Rishi's name. And his wife's name is Ahel, Ahelia, Ahelia, something like that. So what had happened? Indra, the god Indra, came in the form of that Augusta Rishi and mated with, with that lady because he was attracted to her. This is very interesting. He's a demigod and this, this is a story like this. And Augusta Rishi realized, but the lady didn't know. So he actually, out of his, his uh, penance, he basically gave her a shrap and turned it into, this, into a stone. And then, and then he said that you will be released from this stone consciousness once Bhagwan Ram puts his foot on the stone. <laughs> and then, if he knew that that was not her fault, why would... It doesn't. It, it doesn't matter that that's the because that's the power they have. I mean, that's the whole point. So that did they use their power in the wrong way? Then? Well, well, this is the thing. You know, it, it, it's interesting. There, it, it it seems wrong to us, but it's not really because there is some bigger purpose. Why that Indra came this way? Why that lady turned this way? Because now from that incident, Bhagwan Ram actually gave her final mukti. So all of her life and death cycle stopped completely. <laughs> I, I, just, I just pray to God that give me Gan, that's all I need. You know, because if you have Gan, you can actually... Yes. Uh, you can see everything clearly. Through life better. Ah, yeah. I, I, the correct knowledge. 
Yes, yes, exactly. And you can see everything clearly. So, so when Bhagwan Ram put his foot on that rock, immediately she was released and she went straight into Mukti. You know? She was never born. Yeah, but that's one thing. But then the other point is that that incident, what, is, what does it show? That come to the feet of God and let God put his foot on your head. We are like stones. Who are we after all? We don't know anything. You know, what, what understanding we have? We don't hardly have any understanding. You know, so, so we are to come to the feet of God and ask Him to put His foot on our foot, feet, on our head. And that's that the thing. Tell God that take care of, you take care of it. Yes, yes, exactly. You, you know, and, and it also means, there's so much meaning behind it, that somebody may be like a stone, nirbuddha, has no understanding of anything. But when God touches that person, it becomes a liberated being. That, that's what it means, you know. So it, it, there, there's so much truth. Now, it seems like why the Rishi gave the Shrab doesn't seem right. And, but, but there is a bigger purpose behind why that energy, you know. Which we don't see. Which we don't see. Which we don't see that. I mean, like, and you look at this coronavirus, one of the big positive things that have come out of that is that people have kept distance from each other. So they have realized, don't hurt each other, just by physically, deliberately keeping distance. That's one thing. The, the other thing is to realize how precious life is. The other thing to realize how precious family life is. The other thing to realize, don't hurt the environment. There's so many great lessons in this also. Right. And also the world... We are all connected. We're all connected. It doesn't matter. That's the biggest teaching that there can be that look, you know, doesn't matter where you are, doesn't matter who you are, we are all one people. Right. Now that truth still doesn't sink into people's minds, you know, but, but, but that truth is there. It's available. It's available. It's available for those who want to or, or who can, um, Try to understand it, to, to see things in that light. Right, because although you live in a remote part of Africa, it doesn't matter. You can never be, you can never escape from anything. No, you you the cannot. World is so connected. Exactly. So so that's the other big teaching, that we are interconnected and we need to stop hurting each other. That's what it comes down to. You know, you'd be surprised. I mean, you probably already know this. If you just go down Kirkwood Highway. On every street, on every intersection, or like every quarter mile, there are law offices. I don't know if you ever noticed this or not. You go anywhere, lawyers are all over the place. So many lawyers are needed. Why? There's that much conflict in society? Unbelievable. And then you've got these people who defend all the criminals. They're located right in the inner city. So they're located right where all the crime and everything is there. There's a, the crime is going on there, the police are there, and the lawyers are there. They're all in one place. What is this world that, that has that has come to? You know what we have Even done. Treating people like you know how the, um, the police sometimes treat people, you know, in different ways, regard depending on the color of your skin. You know? Yeah, well, 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 that's that's all there too, and and it's not just that. Uh, you know what? Actually, this is the interesting part. Finally, this computer, <laughs> this other computer is online. Let me see here. I'm going to see if I can switch it. Yeah, but uh, I mean, all of that is very, very true. And until and unless we wake up and realize that that's the case, the only thing that will happen is that we will wind up in more and more trouble. You know? 
hold on, hold on. One yeah. second here. Let me give me just one second. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. So much better. <laughs> Unbelievable. So I've actually just I have two computers here side by side, yeah. you know, and this one just finally it kicked out. I think when you reset the whole computer, it just takes a while for all, everything to be loaded and working again properly. Maybe you need to put. I mean, I'm not, I don't know much about it. Do you think it? There's a lot of stuff you have to clean up. Yeah, well, 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 yeah, so what happens, because I use this one computer so often that eventually little, little thing, things get, even, even run antivirus and all that, there's stuff that residual programs and things like that, so I, you have to do a system, complete wipe of the computer and reload, reload everything. You know, it, just, it takes like a couple of hours, it takes six, seven hours, and then and once you reload everything, it takes time for all the programs to kind of really reconnect again. So, so is it, do you pay for this? No, 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 no. You can do it yourself. You just, you just go to the, you just go to the settings, and then you reset the PC. And once you re, but you have to make sure you back everything up, and you make sure that you know all of your programs are are intact, and so you can reset the PC, and then the PC works a whole lot better. And so I just, I this is the third time I did this actually. I do it every two months. Yeah, you know? this sounds so much better because the other one was, you know, some of your words were not clear. No, no, I, I, I know that's that's actually because. Uh, um, because, um, what can we say here? Yeah, okay, that's right. Yeah, uh, that's an older computer, and, I, and I'm probably just gonna have to get, get a new desktop or something. This, this is from my parents' house at my other place, and when you when you come there sometime, you'll see that, that that's a whole different place. We have multiple computers set up there, and, and that's whole office area, and plus it's a meditation and mandir, and everything is there, you know, so. But anyway, uh, it's a very interesting conversation, I, 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 I'll tell you, because, the key thing to remember is that each of us has energy, but but and how we use the energy is the whole game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's 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 everything. And if you look at look at human existence, you know, there are so many weapons. There are so many guns and terrible weapons are there for destruction to harm somebody. You see. But remember that the rishis, the saints, the evolved people, they have a different weapon. And that weapon is bhakti. That weapon is that spiritual power. Because their vision is much higher. Their weapon, they want to destroy ignorance. They don't want to destroy somebody. They want to destroy ignorance. I mean, you know, if you think about it, in all of our temples, why we bring flowers to the deities? What is the purpose of that? Why the flowers? Why the pushpa is there? Because the flower is a representation of the divine grace and fragrance that each human being needs for ignorance to be destroyed. That's the whole point. You see, it's like Bhagwan Shiv has that trishul. The three spokes are there. Yeah. Sattvagun, Rajogun, Tamogun. Go beyond the three. 
that the Meshivai Mantra pierces beyond the three. It's a tremendous power. You see, so the weapons in the hands of the gods and goddesses, there are mantras actually. So like Mahamrutunjay Mantra is there. You know, there is the Navaran Mantra. There's so like Om, Aim, Rim, Klim. All these mantras are there. There's sounds. And then the, and then the, the corresponding deity uh, behind that. You know, so the point is that when we use our energy in the best way, in the, hi- in the highly constructive manner, we are going to evolve further. But it requires a great understanding of the way the mind works. The, 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 the flux of the mind, the desires that come up. You know, just like with the examples, like just because there's a desire that comes up, it doesn't mean one has to act upon that. But, but see, this can happen. You can, people have done strong penance. But unless they have the qualities of saintliness, of grace, of tolerance, of patience, of transformation, of uh, that can just your your anger can just increase. It, it, it doesn't work. This that is not not spiritual evolution. That is just an energy conservation, and then somebody's using it in some particular way. You know, uh, but but actually to use that energy for the betterment of all. Take money for example. When we use, let's say, let's say for example, you have $20 bill. You take that $20 bill, so many things you can do with it, obviously. But, and you have to meet your daily responsibilities and all these things. But at the same time, if you or I detect that I'm misusing this $20 bill to buy something I don't really need, you know, I just want it because I just want it, I want some experience, but I'm going to, you know, feel like, well, what's the point of it later on? That's not really helping me then that is not Mahalakshmi. Mahalakshmi is when we use a $20 bill for overall benefit. Best for betterment of someone. For even, one's, even one's own overall benefit, even, don't worry about even others, then that is Mahalakshmi. Otherwise, it's just ego. That's all it is. It's nothing else. You know, and this is the problem. You know, there are people who have, who have accumulated so much. I'll tell you... Get more, and more and more. more. Yeah. So, so there's a story from the Srimad Bhagavatam, I'll tell you. Um, and this was actually, uh, um, who is this? I think it was called Raja Nand. I think if, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he, he, Nanda Raja. Nanda Raja. That's not Krishna's father. It's somebody else. Right. And he had, he was a very, you know, like a tapasharya and his spirituality and all this thing was there. So at one point, he had amassed so much wealth that he had a special, like a some special energy, energized bone. It was a bone of some kind, which, which acted like a key where water in the ocean will kind of split apart, almost like the Ten Commandments story, like something like that. And then, and then he had put tremendous amount of wealth uh, in, hidden inside the ocean. This is a story, tremendous amount. And at some point in his life, that that key was lost. That bone was lost. <laughs> you know, this is the situation. You know, that he died because of that, because so much attachment to all these things. People don't realize nothing belongs to us. We are only te- temporary custodians. Not, I mean, even this body we have is not, not doesn't belong to us. What in the world is going to come with us? Who belongs to us? We don't realize that. And if that realization comes, 
so much evolution. Just mind just opens to great depths. Listen, that's one of the biggest meditations to realize that nobody is here permanently. We also have to go one day. And as a result of that, who belongs to who? And why should we, should we, should we be so trapped in all these things? The best thing you can do is enjoy, take care of each other, enjoy your life. Yes, exactly. Exactly, exactly. That's exactly what needs so, to be so done. That you don't have any regrets when at, at your deathbed. Exactly. So, so in fact, when the, what we call death is actually just a new life. That's not really, that's not the end. I mean, look at the whole Gita. What is the Gita saying? He says you, you, the, the subtle body will carry on into next life. Or you go into the Swarga Loka. Or if the karmas are really terrible, you go into the lower species. Or the Narka Loka. Or if one is completely balanced beyond Pap and Punya and there's just continuous meditation on God and things are very stable, then, the, then the, by the grace of God, the Jivatma goes straight into the Moksha. He's out of the whole thing and goes straight into the divine planets, divine place where God exists. You know, so that's what it is. I mean, I mean, we don't realize these things and, and we're so mesmerized by this world, by what's going on in it. Yes, we have to live in it, but we certainly cannot take this as the final reality. This is just a, it's a pass-through only. Yeah, and that's what I am, the more I'm doing these classes, the more and more I'm continuously thinking and you know I also tell everybody that this is all temporary it's all going to go away nothing is stable nothing is stable but because it is temporary we have extraordinary things to do while we're here and that's the beauty in any situation right somebody is going through some trouble yes. I always say this is temporary it never stays there for no. the whole time it doesn't it does not you know and that situation may have come about and usually has for some further development that's always like that right. always like that it seems like a terrible thing but it actually is not all that is needed is to be steady and do your duty and find a way why that is happening and realize how to evolve further whatever happens has happened for the best and and that's the whole point you know right. that and and without that realization there is what we would call entanglement in Maya, getting lost in Maya. You know, so, so our goal is to live in the world and not see the world as Maya anymore, or to see it as the divine. That is, that's what Vedanta is really teaching. Vedanta's real teaching is to change the perception of the world. From, look at it from the highest point of view. Even though there is Maya, but that is, doesn't touch you when you can see behind the Maya. It, 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 you know, it's like if somebody does a magic trick. And if you know how it's done, it doesn't cause any really fascination or anything. Right, exactly. But until you know how it's done, you're amazed by it and you're shocked by it and you're, you're thinking about it so much okay. and all that. Happy, right. right? So Maya is like a, it's an illusory power. It's, a, it's, a, it's an illusion. It's a, it's a trick of God. Yes. It's God's trick. You have to see the God behind, within that trick. <laughs> Amazing stuff is there. My goodness. <laughs> right? Amazing it's, it's very, very interesting. It's very, I, I think, I, I, you know, if we are so careful about recognizing that how energy is used, 
these people who are politicians and all these leaders, they have to be so careful what they're doing, how they're using their power. I don't think they even have the knowledge. That's why they're doing all this. They don't have the knowledge and they are caught in the system that has been created. They are caught in the system plus their whole power is to how it's all about power and money. Yes, it's about it's about dominating one country versus another country. Can you imagine what would happen if all of the leaders of the world and all of the elected officials got together in some place, wherever I don't know, some beautiful place, Hawaii or somewhere. Let's say they got together, you know, and they and they got together, and then all the great psychologists, philosophers, teachers, artists from every area, ten from each area, came together and said, within one year, we want to unify the planet stop end poverty we want to get rid of all the weapons and we want to bring world peace once and for all that we are one world and establish a world government can they do it if they if everybody agrees sure it can be done humanity would take a leap ahead within a year or two and then the whole foundation would be set but why that doesn't happen because internally we're tribal, we're, we're tribal, still fighting with each other like the tribes are fighting with each other. But even the tribes, Sachin, they still respect each other. Yeah, this is worse. See, in a tribal war, they never come behind you. And no, they no. They're fighting in front of each other. Yeah, and, exactly. Um, this is, this is even... worse than tribes. It's, 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 you know, and this is where it's an example that of intelligence going in the destructive direction and that's what has happened miluji we will pick up next time it's been really a blessing let me do the closing mantra as a prarthana for any mistakes that are made in our satsang towards a god bless both of us bhagwan sri krishna bhagwan sri ram all the gurus they bless us and that they can continue to guide us so Om Karacharnagatamba Kayajam Karvajamba Shravanarajamba Manasamba Paradam Vitamabhitamba Sarameta Shamasvajaja Karunabde Shri Mahadeva Shambo Om Divilinganama Urdva Linganama Anandalinganama Dvadish Jotil Linganama Om Namashivana Mashana Mashana Mashwara Mishvai Om Trambakamajame Sagundim Pushti Vardanam Urvarkamandanan Bratormikshimamratat Namashivai Om Shri Krishna Pranamastu Okay. All right, so let's, we'll pick it up.